Thank you so much for being with us tonight. It's my pleasure, thanks. Um, I have a few questions for you. Great. So, in one of your Crazy Genius episodes, you discuss the phenomenon of social media influencers in fields such as fashion, travel, and fitness. Do these digital leaders hold undue influence, or is their impact legitimate? I think the brief answer to that question is sometimes they hold uh, an illegitimate influence, and sometimes their influence is entirely legitimate. I think that it's important to think of influencers not as some extremely bizarre category that has no historical precedent, but rather as just like any kind of company. These are sole proprietors. They're entrepreneurs. They're one woman and one man companies, and they're doing their best to try to create an audience and create a connection with an audience that will stick with them in a really competitive environment. This is what every single company in the economy tries to do. So I think that a lot of times when people, especially older people, look at influencers, what they see or want to see are scam artists and con artists. But I would prefer to focus on the ways in which these people are essentially behaving as entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and in an interesting way are kind of pioneers in the ability to grab audiences and get them to fall in love with what is essentially marketing, corporate storytelling. I'm much more concerned about you know, corporate giants, whether it's you know, oil companies or you know, uh, cigarette companies that have for decades and decades used their undue influence to create you know, social phenomena or economic phenomena um, that are bad for the environment, that are bad for individual, bad for, you know, uh, family's health. In your best-selling book, Hitmakers, you state that advertising critics predicted the 2016 election of Donald Trump. What did they know that most political pundits didn't? Well, uh, advertisers know a lot of things because they're in the business of understanding human psychology in a way that a lot of other people aren't. And what I think advertisers recognized about Donald Trump really, really quickly was that whether you think that his, pol his politics are perfect for America or absolutely abysmal, he was a genius at getting people's attention. Mm -hmm. And one of the hardest things to do in an economy with lots of things competing for your time, for your watching time and your podcast listening time, one of the hardest things to do is actually to snag it, to grab your attention and to hold it. And Trump proved to be an extraordinary genius at that quality. He had a kind of reptilian sense of what would make people tune in and stay watching. And so I think that was really, really key, especially during the Republican primary in 2015 and 2016. He's a really gifted storyteller. It's very hard to look at something like US trade policy and be able to tell a story that's as clear as Star Wars. But Trump does it. He's very good at identifying enemies and heroes. He is always the hero, but he's good at identifying enemies and vilifying them, right? Making his villains things that people can, can really rise up around. Hmm. Do you think that in a way, the metric of a good leader or a successful leader is their ability to tell a story? And do you think that they have an obligation to tell a more nuanced story than the ones that some of them are telling? That's a really, really good question. No, I don't think the goal of leadership is storytelling. I think storytelling is a tactic and leadership has to be about a strategy. And the strategy you would hope in an ethical leader is one that you believe is moral and utilitarian and helps lots of people. Storytelling is a really good way to get there, but that's the difference between, I guess, tactics and strategy, is that um, a leader who's merely good at storytelling is just a storyteller, um, not necessarily a leader. Um, but there can also, I suppose, be really genius leaders that aren't particularly gifted at storytelling. The funny thing about that, I guess, is that you don't see them a lot in American history. 
we tend to associate uh, great presidencies with great speeches or even great moments of, of rhetoric. Right. At least in um, America's conception of leadership, we do tend to associate storytelling with excellent leadership. And that could mean that we have a bias towards sort of television moments, toward like moments of drama um, or moments of rhetorical poetry. But it could also mean that you are right in your initial question and that, in fact, storytelling is an inextricably important part of good leadership. You argue that making a big or like going viral mm -hmm. is not necessarily a guarantor of quality. How can people resist embracing whatever is most popular and instead seek out the best quality products and services and art? I think a lot of people uh, join movements or join ideologies um, not so much because they think their way into that movement, but because they want to associate with a movement or ideology or cause that will do the thinking for them. Mm. And I think that sometimes a nice way to test whether you truly believe in something is whether you can, in your own words, explain to yourself why it makes sense.